You get these questions a lot. Where are you from? And what do you do? That's what you get asked, right? Meeting someone new, if you're at a party, or maybe on your dating profile. So why not just tell the world? We just launched a brand new online store that tells people where you're from and what you do. It has all 50 U.S. states and some countries represented with physical therapist gear at ptpinecast.com. A stainless steel tumbler for a PT in Tennessee. Check. South Carolina PT t-shirts. Double check. Face masks for a Florida PT. Yeah, we got that. Great gear for life, all with your profession and the home state on it. Great gifts for yourself, a colleague, a clinical instructor, a student, all now at ptpinecast.com. We talk PT, drink beer, and record it. This is the PT Pinecast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are live. Do the show on Monday night. Can we say Monday night live? I think we can. Uh, welcome to PT Pinecast. Hey, before we get started, I do want to say thanks to uh, a couple of our sponsors. One, CBD RX for you, your CBD store. CBD all over the place. You know you're taking it. Come on. You are. Uh, people using it for sleep, stress reduction, wellness, just because your friends are doing it. If your friends jumped off a bridge, would you take CBD? You probably would. Uh, so check them out online, cbdrx4u.com. Your, your patients are taking this. Do you know how it's affecting their course of treatment? Completely, 100%. You're boning up on pharmacology in your spare time. So check it out online. The ABCs of CBD online at CBDRX4U.com. Excited tonight because I feel like I feel like this guy and I have something in common, which is physical therapy. And we have something else in common, something outside of physical therapy. We've somehow brought those two things together. together and I'm pumped to hear this guy's story. Uh, really only came across him a couple weeks ago but immediately dove in and had to find out more about this guy. And I'm excited for him to share a story and maybe a giggle or two. Maybe we'll get some of that. Can we do that? <laughs> got to have the rim shot ready when you got a guy like this. All right, without further ado, let's get this show started. All right, and away we go. Welcome to PT Pinecast. It is great physical therapy conversations on tap. Find us online at PT Pinecast, all on the socials, the website, ptpinecast.com, where you can get your very own. It looks may, maybe a little bit like a major soft drink, but it's not. It is, it is a very special doctor of physical therapy tumbler. We've got stuff for uh, all physical therapists on there, stuff in your life. You want to show off what you do. You went to school. Your mom likes to brag about you. Uh, get on the store and uh, help support the show online at ptpinecast.com. Excited, excited, excited for tonight's guest. Uh, came across him just a couple of weeks ago uh, from a mutual friend. And I'll tell more about how that actually went down. It's a pretty cool story. Uh, but let's bring him on. Sports entertainment commentator, stand-up comedian, host, actor, and a physical therapist. That's a multi-threat guy. Uh, beginning stand-up comedy back in 2005, performed nationally and internationally for troops overseas, has got a lifelong passion for professional wrestling. We'll get into that. Now the host of the Wrestling Compadres Slamcast. You go wrong with a show with a name like that. You don't go wrong. Uh, most recently, he just released his first hour-long comedy special called Johnny LaQuasto Physical Therapy. Let's bring him in the studio. Johnny's here. 
Oh, man. I was going to say, just uh, when I started to feel okay with not having my doctorate, you had to show off the Dr. Pepper-inspired oh. mug. And now I can't even get one of those because well, I'd be lying. When did you graduate? Uh, I graduated right around the time when the doctorate was just becoming a thing, and they offered it to us, but I already owed enough money, mm. and I wanted to I wanted to move across the country and you know get my adult life going, so I didn't really uh, – want to go the doctorate route which um you know now that you have that mug available a missed opportunity i guess i mean it looks sharp well let's let's go back but let's make sure people understand you know who you are and what you do uh, i was talking about andrew tran actually like cool cool circle mm -hmm. uh andrew was the one who dm'd me one night on instagram andrew's the reason that we have these because he came on and talked about drop shipping and you know kind of opening print on demand stores i get a dm from andrew and he's like, and we get people, when you have a podcast, and we'll talk about your your podcast and the things that you do. When you have podcasts, people throw suggestions at you all the time. You know, oh, actually, you the podcast you mentioned, I haven't done that for a couple of years now, so we don't have to oh. worry about that one. Well, we won't talk about that one. Yeah. Um, but people people throw you all the time. Like, you know what you should do a joke on? You know who you should talk to? You know this, that, and everything. And Andrew threw out your handle, and he's like, this guy's got a comedy special, and he's a PT. And I'm like, all right. So my biggest compliment to you was I was like, I'll give this a click. I'll give him 60 to 90 seconds Ooh. and I'll say I watched it. And I was actually with Juliet, Bridget, and Teo, who all run the show. And I clicked it. And an hour and two beers later, I was like, okay, okay, we gotta get this, we gotta email this guy right now. Like you had us from from the get-go, uh, quality, quality one hour special, but we gotta go backward before we can get to that. How the hell do you go from physical therapy school? to comedy, to having a legit one-hour special. So where'd you go to PT school? Talk to us about that. I, my only answer is I don't sleep a lot. I have not slept much in the last 15-plus uh, years. But I went to college at the University of the Sciences in Philadelphia. I think, yeah. they, I think they're just you of the sciences now because they wanted to sound even more awkward as a university name. Uh, <laughs> but, but we were USP at the time. And so, yeah, graduated from there. But ever since I was a kid, I always had a fascination with comedy. You know, I grew up as a fat kid. And you know, if you don't develop a sense of humor as a fat kid early, you're, you're going to be in trouble. So I always wanted to, I always wanted to make people laugh. And then I always credit in living color. The TV show in living color hit me at the right time. I had never seen anything like it. It was just the smartest comedy show I'd ever seen. It was next level. You look at how many superstars came from that show. Yeah. And to this day, I mean, I credit Living Color with with giving me my love for comedy and wanting to try anything with it. I don't think I would have even attempted stand up without Living Color. We had a nod to uh, I saw that homie homie to clown in the back background of the one hour special. I caught that. Yep. Uh, a nod to wrestling back there as well. So you got to kind of personalize that backdrop. All mm -hmm. right. So like you're you're talking about when you were a kid. So it really was. And in your special, you talk about this. Mm hmm. On stage, whether it's a real stage or something we're doing right now, I can attest to this. It really is kind of a therapy session. I mean, if I've, I've gotten when you're really comfortable with an audience or a guest or both, you can really start to let out a lot of things that are inside you yeah. um, in a joking way. But you're like deep down inside, you know, and if an audience member is really attuned to you, they realize like you're really talking about things from a pretty deep level in your special. You I mean, you really you come right out with it. You're like, so I was a fat kid and uh, and this is going to be a therapy session. Um, where were you, where, where in your life did you say, I'm going to make a run at this? Cause you're in PT school. Was it before that, during that, or like what made you, what gave you permission? And I'm using air quotes cause you didn't need it to take that big leap. It's a ballsy leap. I wanted to try it in college, but in Philadelphia, there were really only two comedy clubs at that time in the city. 
and I didn't even have an inkling on how to do it. There mm-hmm. was one other kid in college who uh, who was like a wannabe stand up, and he actually got in front of the the school a couple times. I remember we had uh, we had Kevin Nealon come into headline. Yeah. I think when I was a freshman or a sophomore, and he opened for Kevin Nealon. And uh, so I was like, well, okay, maybe it's possible. But, you know, then I got busy playing basketball in college, and then I graduated. Once I graduated, I'd already known I wanted to move to California. And my goal was to at least, like, write comedy or do something, you know. And after about six months, I felt like I was kind of settled in. I went on the internet. I, I searched comedy classes, and I found one in Orange County, like one of those six-week classes where, you know, you, you go at least once a week. You write jokes, you perform, and then at the end of it, they they give you a showcase in front of, you oh. know, 200 family and friends, and it's the friendliest audience you're ever in front of, and you think you're a prodigy after that set, and you have no idea how badly you suck at comedy. Like, you do that set, and you're like, oh, my God, I'm a genius. Yeah. I'm a natural. Oh, Carlin would be proud. And then, no, you <laughs> then you actually <laughs> decide to do stand-up, and then you eat it for a number of years, and you try to find your voice and hop around a little bit and stuff like that. But yeah, it was, um, I remember when I got my, my diploma, the day I got my diploma, you know, I went on stage and I was really proud to have my master's degree, minor in psychology. I love physical therapy, still do, but I'm just the kind of person, like I, I always need to look towards the next thing. And so I remember getting my diploma as I, as I'm walking off stage, I remember thinking to myself, this is pretty cool. All right, what am I going to do next? And that's just kind of my mindset on, on a lot of things. I didn't think it would lead me in the weird path that I've, I've gone but i'm grateful for it you know so this this is where in the, in the start of the show and i don't know how much you know about my background and again i'm not here to talk about me but I, it's my show so i'm gonna talk about me yeah. um oh wait i forgot to ask uh, hardest question we get out of the way what are we drinking tonight what do you got so i'm a big craft beer nerd much like okay. yourself this is from energy city brewing I'm and it's like- called the batisserie tiramisu imperial stout and it is uh it's 10 percent so Considering I'm on about three hours of sleep, this might knock me out. Good. I like and it's, this. <laughs> it's an imperial style with cocoa, coffee, vanilla, milk, sugar, and natural flavors. As a tiramisu fan, as an Italian, I will say it's it's a strong taste. I would rather be shoving actual tiramisu in my face yeah. right now. Yeah. The lady but, thing. you know, 10%. I can't complain. Well, cheers to you. I've got a brown ale from Newburgh Brewing Company in the, in the uh, Doctor of Physical Therapy uh, Tumblr, which is available mm-hmm. online at ptpinecast.com. Always be, always be promoting there. Absolutely. Is there a master's of physical therapy mug that you know what? I was I was actually going to talk to my graphic designer and I thought of going kind of old school. The back your background is inspiring me. Mm -hmm. I thought, what if we did He-Man Masters of the Universe logo with He-Man standing there? Masters of physical therapy. We could we could put things together. Look, He-Man's coming back. So I'm heard about that. I'm Mm -hmm. excited. All right. So you're talking about you always looking for the next thing. You said you got your degree and you're like, great. What's the next thing you loved Mm -hmm. physical therapy still do. Mm -hmm. And that's, this is something that really resonated with me. I, my story is very similar, not the same, but similar radio DJ interned for K rock where Howard Stern was when I was in college. All I wanted to do my entire life was since I was in sixth grade was just talk in a microphone. Didn't care who listened and went to school for communications and did that. And I re- uh, ran a rock station in New York and ran one in Pennsylvania. And I was just like, I'm done. Until one day, I was just like, you know what? I need connection in a different way. Didn't hate radio. Still love it, clearly. So do um, I. I love radio. Love it. And yeah. wanted something different. Went to PT and hung everything up. But then the middle of PT school, I was like, you know, at a conference. And I was like, these people on stage are brilliant. But I don't get everything. Like, why are they hiding behind all the big words? Like, can you give it to me normal? Like, 
And I wound up running into someone who I saw on stage and didn't understand clearly, saw him in the bar afterwards at the networking hour. Mm -hmm. And 15 minutes later, I understood their entire hour long presentation. And it was kind of like a light bulb moment. And this is 2015 when like podcasting wasn't really a thing, but it was, but not everybody knew what it was. And I launched one in PT school and it caught on and that's the show you're on. I'm still doing it. But it's, it's amazing what you can do when you put two things together that you love, that when people look at, they're like, this doesn't make any sense until it does. You have a comedy special where you threaded PT themes and jokes and skits throughout. It makes complete sense to you. And then the audience gets to go along for the ride. It took a long time, though, to okay. figure out how to make healthcare jokes funny for me. It, I'd say it was probably about 10 years into stand-up because I would always write ideas, but I just couldn't get them to work in front of a regular audience. And so... I'd say about 10 years in, I finally started finding ways to make the stuff funny to any audience. But the hard part is, is when you're doing like kind of niche material, and right. I'd say about a third of my special is, is healthcare related. Everything else is pretty global. Right. But the hard part is you really have to work on that material. It, it's very rare when anything that's niche is going to work right away in front of a mainstream audience. So yeah. I remember just, just, constantly editing and and reworking and rehashing and trying them out and i finally you know got to the point when it came time for the special i had a whole bunch of healthcare stuff that was really working and i left a little bit out of the special as well but it did take a long long time and so but i, I am proud of it and when it came time to decide on the title of it you know physical period therapy therapy period was was what i came up with kind of a double entendre stuff like that my director wasn't so sure she's like i don't know it's it sounds like it's going to maybe scare off a regular audience. And I'm like, no, it's not, it's not because there's no other comedy special with that title right. ever in the course of comedy history. If right. I just came up with like a quirky phrase, like Johnny the Quasto lost my shoe or whatever. It's like any other stand-up comedy album out there. It's like, it's, it's a comic on the front with a quirky look on his face. Like, right. Hmm, I don't want to do that. I want to have a different kind of special. And, and obviously from start to finish, I think I, I think I pulled it off. Yeah, we're going to throw the uh, the link in the uh, the comments below on all the platforms. Check it out, John LaQuasto, Physical Therapy. Again, not getting paid to say this. Wish I was, though. If you can give me a sponsor deal from Roku or something, like that, that'd be great. But yeah, gave it a click because Andrew's a nice guy. And I was like, all right, I'll give it 60 to 90 seconds. And an hour later, all four of us were sitting around and we're like, okay, yeah, and we got to get this guy on the show. He's got some cool stuff. Thank but I think, I think he did that well. I, I don't think anything... Uh, from the special that was, you know, PT or healthcare related, I think uh, the general audience could get it. And I think it's like a well-written children's movie where like the the kid gets the joke, but then the adult gets the joke with a joke on top of it. I think the PTs in the audience can will will be will be getting that extra kick to it because they've probably lived a lot of those experiences. That's been the coolest thing about it is getting feedback from the healthcare community, not just PTs, but you know, nurses as well, and so many uh, physical therapy you know, social media accounts have supported it. Um, a couple really big ones on Instagram. They've been spreading the word. I'm getting physiotherapists following me from yeah. all across the world. And it's the coolest thing ever. And they're DMing me like, I, I don't think I can watch it in my country. I'm like, I'm sorry, but eventually maybe it'll be over there. Cause you know, Roku's predominantly North America as I believe Tubi is. And it's also on Zumo, but Zumo is an even lesser used, uh, you know, streaming app, but it is growing in popularity, I think. So that's the coolest thing about it is, yeah, the, the most common thing I'm hearing from people is from PTs is, man, it's so cool. There's not enough portrayals of physical therapists in the media. And that's been true for honestly for 20 years. I remember the head of our PT program used to complain every time they would have a, a physical therapy character in a sitcom or a movie. 
it was always completely way off base. And even to this day, when you watch a medical show, whether it's a drama or a comedy, there's so much stuff that is completely false. It's like have at least one medical person to, to maybe do a BS meter before you put the stuff out there. So I, it's, it's been really cool, man. The, the feedback is I'm honored that people are not only watching it, but, but really saying how different it is. And, and that's making them laugh. Cause I mean, I had one guy review it. He goes, yeah, I don't really laugh out loud at comedy specials, but I laughed out loud a few times. I'm like, Hey, I, that's a, I'll take it. That's a big, um, I loved I loved uh, the the threading of some great cameos in there. Brad Williams was one in the first, you know, two, three minutes. That's kind of cool to have someone like that. I mean, I've been watching Brad Williams. saw him on stage a couple times in New York City mm -hmm. um, to get friends and people in the business to come and jump on a special like that. That's nice. It was awesome. Brad's been a friend for a long time. I've opened for him very often for many years. And when I came up with the idea for the opening sketch, my thought process was most people who watch this won't know who I am. And I just get really bored with comedy specials that start off with, please welcome. And they go on stage, tell their jokes and they're out. I'm like, I don't yep. want that. Like I grew up listening to variety albums like Chris Rock, Roll With The New, all the Adam Sandler albums. And then there's a lot of comics who have, uh, they put out, you know, I guess you could say variety type specials. That's what I wanted to do. So I wrote this four minute sketch. I'm like, I want people to know kind of who I am as I get to the stage. And, you know, the coolest thing is I'm also a massive hip hop fan. All my favorite hip hop albums growing up had a bunch of guest stars. I'm like, well, I'm going to ask my friends to get involved, you know? And that's what I did. And Brad was cool enough to, you know, we were only shooting that day about 15 minutes from his house. Thank God he was in town. I think we shot on like a, a Tuesday or Wednesday where he wasn't on the road, came in a couple hours, nailed it. Boom. And that punchline, I remember, the night we shot the special, we did two recordings, but I had that sketch finished and we played it on the LED screen right before I went on stage. Both shows, when Brad hit that one punchline on me, it was very self-deprecating, killed. And that's where I knew I'm like, ah, we got something with this yeah. special. This is great. It's a good intro, right? Whenever you can be self-deprecating and set it up, it tells the audience like, hey, listen, I'm here, you're here, we're both here to laugh. And if I can be the butt of the joke, that's fine too. As long as you're laughing, I don't care which part of the joke I am. Yeah, I've been the butt of a joke my whole life. I mean, <laughs> I was I was 11 a buck 70. How are you not going to get made fun of in the 90s? In the 90s, there was no such thing as bullying. It was just, hey, if you're fat, you're going to get made fun of. So sport. Yeah, you develop thick skin, and uh, to this day, I still have it, and I, I attribute it to being a fat kid. I'm glad I was not a cool, attractive kid. I would be boring as hell right now. Yeah. I'm so glad that I couldn't stop eating tartar sauce and ice cream. You went to the school of hard knocks. Where'd you shop, though? If you're really 11 years old and a buck and, and that big, a buck 70, where, where can you shop? Wherever had a husky section? That was the name back then. You can't, they can't even have a husky section anymore. They would PC that out the window. Well, the thing is, I think Husky was actually very friendly. It was, you know, but yeah, I, I think um, uh, JC Penney's, uh, where else did I shop? But it was funny because uh, I, I, <laughs> I talk about the special, but the Husky section was never up front. You know what I mean? They, they kind of hit it in the back where all the ashamed kids had to go shop. And I'll never forget. I used to dread going school shopping with my mom because I didn't, I knew nothing was going to look good. I knew I was going to hate everything. Like I remember, uh, in sixth grade, there was a phase where everyone was getting the Z Cavaricci jeans oh, yeah. and they were French cuffing, you know. Well, Z Cavaricci's were for skinny kids. So, like, I had to buy the Husky. I, I think, I don't know if Bugle Boy had Huskies. I forget. And so I tried to do my own stupid French cuffs and the, my jeans were just too wide and too fat. And it just looked like I was 
about to step in and do fly fishing because I just rolled my jeans up. It was really <laughs> not often on this show. Do we talk about Zcav, Ricci and Bugle boys, but we've gone there and I appreciate that. Thank really? you so much. Um, what, what can, what can comedy teach physical therapists? Like not watching it, like performing it. And what can, what, what can what, the reverse teach? Like, I, I feel like there's a big crossover mm. and, and what that is, it's, it's audience interaction. It's listening, it's watching, it's reading. Like, tell me about that. That had to be a big part of your education, what you were thinking about in PT. Yeah, I mean, you could speak to this too. Working in radio, if you're not quick on your feet, if you don't know how to improv, you're not going to be very good at radio. Same could be said for stand-up. And in my opinion, the same could be said for physical therapy because we're not like, say, I'm not putting doctors on the spot here, but you know, how many times have you seen, a, especially me working in a hospital for many years like I did, a doctor comes in the room, talks to a patient for 17 seconds, doesn't even talk to them, just dictates what their condition is and then leaves. And the patient's looking up with glassy eyes like, I don't know what was just told to me. I'm very confused. I don't get it. So PTs, I mean, if you learn how to be quick in the moment, you know how to improv, it automatically makes your patients feel more comfortable because, you know, people can read energy from each other. And that's my biggest issue with curriculums in physical therapy programs. And I understand why there isn't a class for it. But there really needs to be some kind of curriculum that helps people become better socially. Because I look back to my graduating class, I'd say maybe half were decent social communicators. The other half were just really good students who were not going to be good communicating PTs. And Jimmy, you know what it's like. I mean, whether you're outpatient or inpatient, if you're working with a patient, it's because something's hurting them and they're not feeling 100%. They're not feeling good. If you can't make them feel comfortable, then you're already behind the eight ball. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty good average. I remember somebody in PT school, I won't throw her under the bus, was I was saying, I don't know where I belong in PT. I don't know where I fit. And uh, she turned to me and she goes, listen, worst case scenario, take a look at your class. How many of them would you want touching your grandmother while she's in pain? And I was like, oh, oh, I didn't think about this. We're actually going to go with with humans. But you were saying you don't know if there's a place in a PT school curriculum for comedy or improv. I was actually just reading a book. Uh, I'm a big MASH fan back in the day, Alan Alda. Oh, yeah. He wound up helping up open up a, um, an institute at Stony Brook University on Long Island focused just on science communication and how to make it better. He has, he has a great story on why he got into that after surgery, actually around, around his lip. But he actually does he, – he's been part or at least been part of sharing research, which shows that – Doing exercise, improv exercises that they'll do at things like the Groundlings yeah. or Second City, they show it improves your ability to read and react better and be more on the same wavelength as other people. And if that isn't beneficial, I don't know what is in PT school, Johnny. There's no question that it's beneficial for honestly any profession. We're not any. just talking healthcare. Any profession where you have to communicate with other human beings, which is essentially just about all of them, unless you are in a lab all day, then you don't have to worry about it as much, but yeah, I mean, I remember back in school, I was, I was the guy that sat in the back of every class and sometimes I couldn't keep my mouth shut, but it's like, look, I, I was doing well. We're not turning water into wine. I knew I was going to graduate. I wanted to make sure I had fun, but there was a group that we called the TMI posse, the too much information posse. There was like a, a solid 15 of them that after every class, they would bum rush the professor and just grill them with unnecessary 
no, annoying questions. And we just sat in the back laughing like, God, when are they going to start to enjoy life? And they were the exact people I was talking about, the ones that didn't know how to communicate, that didn't know how to be social. And that, gosh, especially working in, in, the, in the field right after graduation, I mean, I don't even know how they would have handled the interview. So learning how to improv, learning how to be social, learning how to talk is so much more important in healthcare than people realize. I mean, there are so many times where I've been standing next to a doctor. He's telling a patient something. They are completely clueless to what they're saying. And I'd have to, you know, put it in regular human terms. And I'm glad to do that. But I, I just feel like healthcare professionals shouldn't be all, let off the hook with not being good communicators and good socially. Well, maybe putting it in the in the curriculum would actually give a signal to people like this is valuable. We put it in the curriculum or maybe there's not a class for it. Maybe a part of that needs to be embedded throughout the curriculum. Wouldn't that be a really progressive thing to do, which is like we're going to do. I mean, you do it a little bit in practical exams, but I'll be honest, man, those are the most stressful fake improv uh, exercises ever. Mm -hmm. I was oh, I was I'm pretty good at riffing and going off real people but you put me in front of my professor whose name is julie and she and i'm susie i'm like no you're not we're now i can't get over the fact that i know you're lying to me we're not improving you're 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 not yes handing me professor you are shutting me down here yeah it's got to be taught by the right person though correct yeah you can't be like uh, you want to talk about howard stern let's go back to the movie private parts when um they had that older guy ross who said i i have had some comedy experience myself summer stock like he was trying to say he was funny. It's like, no, you are a library book with feet. Right. Like, so it's it's gotta be, it's gotta be taught by the right person, whether it's one person comes up with something that can be taught digitally. I don't know. But I feel like that's that's my biggest message to anyone who's uh who's listening to this who doesn't still feel comfortable in front of patients, get outside of your comfort zone. No matter what city you're in, there's an improv class. There are open mics. Go do it. Go Why do not? That. Uh special.com is where you can find it. Watch uh Johnny. And physical therapy, um, you've got a real you've got a real case against twerking. We didn't cover that in uh, in PT school, but the, it can lead to some bad things. Yeah, you know it's uh it's not great for the body. I mean, we, first off, the L five S one that takes a lot of loading in general in life. When you're twerking, look when you're when you're good at it, it's very impressive to watch, but it is not good for the low back. I don't really think it's great for the hips. And if you do enough of it. In, in, in a, a very swift fashion, I think it can lead to maybe even spondylolisthesis, in my opinion. Now, I don't have the studies to prove it. I'm just watching them do it. And I'm like, wait, I don't know. I think we got to be careful about that. Uh, that was one of the, the threads that you had throughout there. But uh, one I wanted to talk about, I've heard several different versions mm. of one of the parts of your opening skit, uh, the open for the, the special. I've heard different versions, which tells me this ha it has never happened to me, but actually one of my professors, Sky Donovan, who I believe is watching right now, something similar happened to, to her, uh, and that is sometimes people don't necessarily understand how physical therapy works, and um, they think it's more like a doctor's office, and they might, they might disrobe. Well, yeah, what's funny about that is so that opening part of the sketch, not all of that happens. The, the joke of it came from, I was working outpatient. It was my first job after college and we had a lot of workman's comp cases, right? right. And I had a patient who was confused uh, and she kept saying it over and over again. And I kept trying to correct her and she didn't, she wasn't having it. She kept pointing, she was complaining about the doctor because you know, workman's comp can be rough. 
and she keeps painting, uh, pointing to her neck. She's like, so I says to him, I says to him, I says to him, it's my cervix. It's my cervix that's causing me pain. He's not paying any attention. My cervix is, I'm like, you mean your cervical? Yeah, my cervix, my cervix is hurt right now. She's pointing to her neck. And I never forgot that. I'm like, someday I'm going to make it funny. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's going to work on stage, but I'm going to find a way to make it work. And then I thought of the idea and I have a brilliant actress friend, Aubrey Manning, who is up for anything. And she said, you know, I wouldn't trust anyone else for me to do something like this, but she loved my director and she loved me. And so luckily uh, she was willing to do it. And she's really glad she did. She was really excited to see the special come out. Well, that scene was told to us in PT school by our, our patho professor, Sky Donovan. She had a patient. She's like, it was my first, she, she, she was telling the story to, to get a laugh because it's funny, but also to teach us how to get out of it. So here's the story that she gave us. She walks into an exam room, much like you did in the, in the scene. And the patient is in there for a knee eval. So she's got the chart, knee evaluation. Cool. Done a million of these. This is sure. great. Walks in, butt naked. Oh. Or is it buck naked? Butt naked, butt naked. I don't know. But naked, not a stitch. And she, of course, was talking about, well, you got to keep your composure. She's like, oh, can you tell me why you might have, why you've disrobed? And she's like, well, I've never done this. And I thought it was a lot like a doctor's office. So I was just being prepared. So Sky deftly taught us students. And she said, I needed to get out of there. And I needed her to put her clothes back on. She said, you can get back. You can get dressed again. We're not going to see that. I've got to go get some different paperwork from the other room. I'll be back in a hot second. And she exited stage left. And then when she came back, the patient was actually fully clothed again. There you go. See, it happens. Anything can happen uh, in healthcare. I mean, there are stories that I'm working on now with newer material uh, that have happened since the pandemic that are actually hard to believe, but they're funny. And (laughs) I, I was doing a, working on them this past weekend, as a matter of fact. And so, yeah, every PT has stories. I do, and I would like to go f- <clears throat> further with having physical therapy in entertainment. I do have an idea <clears throat> that could be for a TV or for a movie that <clears throat> is very uh, centric on an area of Florida, actually, that is a, a well-known area uh, where physical therapists do work, but I can't get into it now. But I, th- I, I think there's a place for it. I mean, look, if if scrubs can be so successful – Physical therapy can be successful, I think, in entertainment because what we see is just as ridiculous. And and different. And, and as you mentioned, it hasn't really been done. It hasn't been done with our spin on it. So if someone's going to do it, it's going to be someone like you who's got experience in both worlds. Yeah, the hard part is, is getting someone who knows nothing about healthcare, nothing about physical therapy, who works in entertainment to go, oh, yeah, this could work. Yeah, that's you know what that's like. The people in – the decision makers. Well, they had some experience at Summerstock. Then they're very, very funny. They, they can't stop. Uh, <laughs> what, what would you say to someone who's sitting there saying, listen, um, I'd like to try this. I've always had this, you know, in my heart of hearts. I've always wanted to give it a shot. What advice would you give? What have you got to lose? I mean, and look, we all have our fears. Uh, there's plenty of things that I haven't done that I don't really have a good excuse for. But we live once, whatever whatever life is, uh, you know, we're a, we're a blip on the radar. We are a vessel leading to whatever. I don't know. I don't know how to say it. We're here right now for one, one, one round, one run, one twirl around the whatever. If there's something you want to do, why not go for it? And I understand it's not easy. I mean, I look back t- to me as a kid. You know, I grew up, my mom and dad were, were nurses. They met in nursing school. They're incredible nurses, incredible human beings, uh, very selfless and always willing to help someone else. 
that's how they raised my brother and I. My brother didn't want to go the healthcare route. He's now a PhD in chemical engineering. He's a genius. I'm the dumb one, which I'm okay with. Uh, but I just always felt, you know, I remember my mom would bring me in her nursing home when she worked there for a little bit as a four-year-old. I was like a human puppy dog. I would come in and hang out with the residents of the nursing home. So I naturally became comfortable in that kind of environment, you know? So as a kid, the three things I really loved the most were, you know, being around people, aka kind of healthcare, professional wrestling and sports and comedy. I, I, and as I got older, I was like, why can't I, why can't I do them all? I'm like, now granted, you have to sacrifice things. I, I'm not married. I've never had kids. I am in a relationship and she's amazing, but it took me a while to get to that point where I felt like I can handle a relationship uh, while still chasing the dream. Thanks. Yeah. You know what I mean? So people just have to decide, you know, what is it you want to do? But if, if you're married with kids, it doesn't matter. You could still go out and do open mics. You could do an improv class. If you feel like it's going to give you some fulfillment, you got you got to do it. What's the, what's the best that could happen? I like to say, what's the best that could happen? Exactly. Where you are. Well, you've hit on two of the three things that you talked about were important to you. We've talked about comedy. We've talked about healthcare. Well, let's talk about professional wrestling and being able to, to interact with that. You've done some things on the highest level of that in the world. Yeah, it's been, wow. Yeah, I've been a stand-up now for just over 15 years. I got my first job in wrestling 11 years ago now. And it's one of those things I... I wish I could have started earlier. It's just one of those things growing up. I loved it. I just had no idea yeah. how to really get started. And it was when I was approached for an opportunity, I jumped right at it. And over the last, you know, 10, 11 years, I've done everything with the microphone, whether it be play-by-play, -play, color commentary, interviews, creating content, ring announcing, hosting live events. And I was on a part of a show, a weekly show in LA for nine years over 400 episodes loved it and then uh one thing leads to another over the years you make relationships and timing is, is always everything i was you know given an opportunity to to work for the the big dogs and i got a chance to work for wwe and uh in the year i was there i got i had a chance to do everything i ever could have imagined i'm so grateful for that opportunity for the people that believed in me that gave me the opportunity i Man, I, I look back on it and think about those moments. And, you know, the pandemic changed a lot for a lot of people. Hopefully, you know, at some point that opportunity will come again. But I look back on it with the most gratitude because seven-year-old me would have never believed it. If yeah. I, I mean, we used to have uh, – my dad would hate me saying this. We used to have the illegal cable box, okay, when I was a kid. Yeah. <laughs> Remember those? Yeah. <laughs> so we had the hot box. It was a red button and a black button. So we got to watch all the pay-per-views. And that was like a big thing. If you would have told little me, you know, watching Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby Heenan doing commentary that I someday would have been there essentially in a seat like that. I even seven year old me who thinks anything is possible would have said, like, no, how there's no way, you know, and so I I'm figured out I figured out how to hook up. My mom had a karaoke machine <laughs> and I, I hooked it up through my VCR to uh with my super nintendo and i was playing nhl 95 and all i wanted to do was like something sports related sports like broadcasting and i would sit there and i would play nhl 95 and whenever i had a crazy play i would like do the instant replay because nhl 95 had an instant replay rewind it 
I'd I'd put like I'd hit record yep. and hit play record on the on the VCR and I'd get like a whole highlight reel and I'd do like you know I get like thirty or sixty seconds of it then I'd rec- record me doing the voiceover to it and I remember I was like I mean it's NHL ninety five so I was fifteen and I I showed my friends and my friends made fun of me for a month. I mean, they were relentless. I thought, I honestly thought, I mean, looking back, it was the dumbest thing you'd ever do, but I honestly thought my friends would think it was cool. Um, But like you say, like show the 15 year old version of you, show the 17 year old version of you, what you got to do. I got to stay in the studio with Howard Stern. Like, that's what I wanted to do. Did I, what did I have to do to get that? I didn't care. Like, show me the wall. I'll run through it. I'll, I'll go over it. I'll go round it. I'll dig underneath it. That's what I want people to know, which is like, where's Johnny standing right now? Exactly where he wanted to be or, or a version of that. And what did he have to do to it? He didn't care. Like he, he wanted it more than he thought it would cost. Did you ever think there was a plan B? Well, a lot of people would say physical therapy is a plan B, you know, but for me, I've, for the most part, I've been an active physical therapist for the past 15 years. There's been peaks and valleys to where I've been too busy uh, to be an active PT. Obviously, when I was working for WWE, there was no chance because I was very busy. But um, so I guess people would say physical therapy was a plan B, but I didn't look at it as a plan B. You know, it's yeah. funny because when I was in LA, LA is a very strange city, very strange town. And I remember I would have uh, comedian friends of mine say, like, yeah, you know, but you don't really have to work as hard because, you know, you got your physical therapy. I'm like, dude, if you want to piss me off, Say that one more time. Yeah. I'm like, I work harder than all the y'all. I don't care that I have physical therapy. I'm doing a 10-hour hospital shift, showering at the hospital and hustling the shows, getting home at one in the morning, getting up at six. And I'm doing that on the regular. So don't tell me just because I have this degree that I don't need to work as hard. If anything, it made me work harder because when I'm 60, I don't want to have to rely necessarily on my degree. I want to be able to rely on all the hard work I put in over the previous 30 plus years. Yeah. I think you're an example of literally putting those passions into wherever they'll fit. And that's your life. It doesn't have to be whatever, you know, the business card, right? What do you do? I do lots of things. I do what I love. Yep. That's what you should have in your business card. Well, what does that mean? Well, it's a couple different things. I get to interact with these people. I get to do this. I get to make them laugh. Yeah. And I, I have goals down the road. I mean, radio is the one form of entertainment. I haven't done a lot of and i think it's an art form i love it at some point in my life i want i want to work in radio i know that that's i feel like sometimes you have a feeling for yourself i have a feeling that's going to happen at some point when i don't know but i just think that you you constantly have to have goals and ideas in mind and and if any pts are listening this i apologize we didn't talk about uh goniometers and stuff today but (laughs) i think if there's any message i can get across is that you're not just a pt no. If you're a physical therapist, you're a very well-rounded person. You have a creative brain. And if you're feeling like you're stuck a little bit, you need to do something to get out of your comfort zone, whether yeah. it be an open mic, whether it be improv, whether it, I don't know, come up with something, you know? Where, where there are people, there is a need for a physical therapist or there's a need for someone who wants to be around people. We've had, we've had episodes on the show with people who work with performing artists uh, marching band physical therapist. That's their whole life. They work wow. with marching bands, esports, right? Video game professional video game players. There's PTs who just do that, and they're sitting around. Talk to Kate McGee when she gets on the show. She's losing her mind. She's like, I wrote a book chapter with an MD about esport physical therapy. She's like, twelve year old me reading like Nintendo Power magazine 
would never think that this could be a job and these two things coming together oh, that yeah. I love. But that's the cool part. That's what I want to see. You know, I'm a radio DJ PT. This is what I do. I make videos and podcasts and social media content and help share great physical therapy information. Mm -hmm. and, and also, I, I think it's very interesting. Gaming PT, people would laugh. That There's a need. Carpal tunnel galore, probably sacred iliacs locking up, um, probably hip flexor tightness. I mean, a, a lot of problems could happen when you're sitting there playing video games for 12 plus hours at a time. And when I did the episode with Kate, I was like, well, this is a million dollar industry. And she was like, buh, buh, buh. I'm like, what? She's billion, yeah. billion dollar. I'm like, wait, what? And that's where I sounded like the old guy was like, well, these video games, I know they're still catching on. But no, I mean, like they're building stadiums to watch people play video games. And the funny part is when people like, you know, our parents age, like you guys are sitting around watching other people play games. I'm like, dad, you're watching the US Open right now. Like you're watching someone else play golf. Yes, these kids are watching something else. And trust me, they tune into this. I mean, you watch a kid playing where they're watching on YouTube of other people streaming. People are watching us having a conversation right now, Johnny. It's it's not my thing. I don't have time for playing video games, but I mean, I have hosted a couple things involving, uh, you know, Madden where, you know, kids are competing against each other and I'm kind of hosting it and stuff like that. And it is fun. I mean, I'm way out of the loop on video games. I will say that. I know there's a thing called Overwatch. I know it's really popular. Yeah. Don't know what it is, but I do know there's an importance, uh, it's attention. Sports. It's, a, it's an audience. If you have people enough people who like something and then there's people who are super good at it, people will watch it, right? Why is my dad watching golf every weekend? Well, dad, you couldn't be playing golf? Well, these guys are doing a different level. I'm like, right. It's the same thing as these eSport players. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. Uh, glad that you're getting to do what you love because that's a great feeling. I know that. I get to do what I love. And I that's really the message, the takeaway for the audience. Is I want people to know like, not only can you do this you kind of owe it to yourself to go after and try to do it because again, what's the best that could happen? If you worked hard enough to get your master's or your doctorate in physical therapy, you would work hard enough to achieve yeah. other goals. And maybe you're not happy in your current uh, position. I've talked to many people, but they're, yet they're not looking elsewhere. I'm like, look elsewhere. You, you got time. Look, look for something. There's going to be I something out there. I made a change recently. I went from working for one place in PT and, and creating content for them and now I work for a completely different place. It has a research lab component because I wanted to like like share really new content, has a massive reach. So it's a New York City hospital. So it's in a big city. I was like, yeah, well, I looked around and said, what are the things that I, I really want to have? Why aren't I asking? If I don't ask, they're not going to knock on my door and say, come work with us. They're not going to draft me. They're not going to recruit me. It's just not how right. you got to go to them. So whatever your thing is, it doesn't have to be comedy, but what's that thing burning a hole in your heart? Go do that. You can find a way to make those things cross over. That's what I want to make sure people know. Yeah, and if you're a PT, you're not broke. So if it takes a little bit of money, I, I've lost count of the money I've put back into my career over the years. I mean, <laughs> the number of years I reported massive losses on my taxes. Uh, I remember one year, I want to say it was 2016. It was a, it was just not a good year because I, I had, was doing well voiceover wise before that. And I was too busy to do physical therapy, but then I was starting to have no luck with voiceovers, but then I also wasn't working physical therapy. And there was that one year I'll never forget. I, I handed over my stuff to my tax, um, to my accountant and he looked at the numbers. And he goes, um, if I report what you just gave me to the IRS, uh, they're going to laugh in my face. <laughs> And I said, yeah, but I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. He goes, rough year, huh? I'm like, yeah, yeah. thanks. But it's what we do. It's what we do. Uh, Johnny, you ready to play three questions? Oh, please. Let's do three questions. Let's do that.
All right, three questions brought to you by our friends from Fusion Medical Staffing. We're going to have an episode with those guys coming up soon, talking about the new state of travel physical therapy. Things kind of as the, I don't want to say the pandemic's over, but as travel physical therapy opportunities start to open up a lot, you're going to want to know what the state of travel PT is in 2021 if you want to move about the country. Just job transparency. Fusion just lets you know where they have positions, who they need, and what it's going to look like. And yeah, you can just travel about the country being a PT. It's a great assignment. Uh, find them online, fusionmedstaff.com. Uh, Johnny, first question. Uh, anywhere in the U.S., a comedian, someone who works in the in the field that you do, you've probably done a fair bit of travel. Mm-hmm. Heard some exploits and you in hotels. Not, we'll, we'll let them watch the special to get to that, those stories. Uh, where's somewhere in the, uh, the U.S. that you can't wait to get back to? Ooh, well, I've only been there twice in my life, but I definitely want to get back to Hawaii. Ooh, yeah. One of my closest friends just moved there. And so uh, I think I need to go there this summer. Got to. Also, I'm excited to go back to Santa Barbara and, and Central California where my family lives now. I want to go back and see them. And uh, I'm always excited to go to Philly when I can. Love that. All right. Yep. So that's, uh, that's, that's Johnny's where. Again, uh, brought to you by our friends at FusionMedStaff.com. Second question is a what question. Mm. Um what is something that you have read or watched or listened to a book, a movie, podcast, comedy special that you think the audience would get value from? Oh my God. There are so many things uh, off the top of my head over the past week. I've oh, actually the last couple of weeks, I listened to a couple of really amazing albums, but I mean, obviously music is so subjective. Some people like different genres. Uh, there's two albums that I listened to that just completely blew my mind. Um, the one uh, she's a singer named Shun, uh, Shun Goodzo. Uh, I actually know her. We're friends from years back. Uh, I know her by her regular name. Uh, Shingudzo is her, her uh, stage name. And it's one of the most thought-provoking, emotional albums I've ever heard in my life. And she's really starting to get a, some traction from it. So you can look her up. Incredible. Another guy, uh, Austin Dean Ashford. Um, he just released, I think, like a kind of an EP, like seven-track album. Also blew me away. He, I saw him post yesterday. He's going on his first tour. That's the kind of stuff I love, man. Like people that doing it. Oh my god! And and like I said, uh, Shingudzo, I've known her off and on for almost uh, probably almost a decade. Haven't seen her in about seven years. I knew she was a singer back then, and just now this album came out, and it is getting her a lot of well-deserved attention. So that's what I love. I love promoting people who just work and work and work and work, and then when something gets out there, you see the geniusness and you see the brilliance behind it. You're like, oh yeah, that's because that didn't happen overnight. Never I, happens over. I used to love when we'd have bands come through the radio station and it was like their first breakout song or album. And I would I'd never I would never tell them I would ask this question. And I would say, Hey, your first album popped out. You guys are an overnight success. And honestly, to getting the honest reaction of their faces. Because after I said it, I would always kind of give them a look. Like, listen, I I know that this isn't overnight. And they would talk about how many overnights it took to get that overnight success. And how many nights you had to spend in a bus or cramped in a van or, you know, hustling from a PT gig to a comedy gig to back again. And those overnight successes, man, like, you know, that person has poured everything into it. Everything. I mean, I started stand up in 2005. This is my first special, you know, and and I, I remember my, my former roommate, really funny comedian. He was given a half hour Comedy Central special, maybe six years into stand up, which was incredible because sometimes the industry just chooses you. And yeah. you kind of get a rocket, rocket ship strapped to your back or whatever. And uh, in hindsight, he looks back on it now. He's like, 
that wasn't great, but he got a special. So for me, yes, it would have been nice to have something given to me at some point, but I look at my special now, man, like I'm so proud of it from start to finish. And I was so meticulous about the details and I had, you know, full creative control and, you know, just collaborating with all my friends and such a great team. That's when it's the most fulfilling is when you put it out there and people see it for the first time and they're just like, wow, okay, that that's not what I expected. Cool. It right there. Third question is a who question. You get to do this again. Who is someone the audience should know more about? It's like your chance to kind of give someone a nod. Same, same, same idea that you were just talking about. Who's someone the audience should know more about? Are we talking about in, in healthcare, in entertainment? Open-ended, anything. Oh my gosh. There's so many people. I don't even know. Uh, well, okay. I will say a comedian I worked with this past weekend. Uh, his name is Sean Smith. He's out of Louisville. He also works in education. So him and I have a lot in common and he has a great album out and Sean Smith, S-E-A-N Smith. But I'm really trying to get him to shoot a special because his material is phenomenal. Working in education, I see him crushing it in front of mainstream audiences because with education, he's dealing with kids. Everyone oh, deals yeah. with kids. They can relate. And so he's one person, absolutely uh, as far as other comedians I know, um, the guy who introduced me in my special, Jay Washington, hilarious guy, very good friend of mine. Uh, I already gave a couple musicians out there. As far as PTs, I mean, I pretty much work in hospitals, so that really wouldn't help anyone at all. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess I'm going to go with those uh, unless right. I think of uh, – oh, um, yeah, I think we'll go with those. All right, sounds good. That's uh, three questions again from our friends at Fusion Medical Staffing. Find them again online at FusionMedStaff.com. Last thing we do on the show is the parting shot. Let's do the parting shot. Parting shot brought to you by our friends at the Academy of Orthopedic Physical Therapy. Find them online at orthopt.org. If you would like to enhance your orthopedic practice, who better? Who better? It's a legit question. It's not rhetorical. Who better than the Academy of Orthopedic PT? Find them online again, orthopt.org. Uh, one of their great independent study courses that a lot of people talk highly about is that current concepts of orthopedic physical therapy. Where you're sitting right now, if you're saying to yourself, Next year, I want to be taking that OCS exam, but I don't know how to get from here to feeling confident and competent to take the exam. Current concepts of orthopedic PT is your roadmap. Go look at the, just look at the reading list alone. It'll get you there. Again, orthopt.org. All right, John. Uh, parting shot, just your last chance for a, a mic drop moment or a sentiment, whatever you'd want to leave the audience with uh, is your parting shot. The floor is yours. First, may I ask, what jersey is that behind you? That is Steve Gleason. Do you know who Steve Gleason is? I I know the name. Steve Gleason blocked. He's like famous for this position. He blocked a punt against the Falcons that got turned into a touchdown. Uh -huh. So he is has like a 15-foot tall, for the Saints, he has like a 15-foot tall, uh, tall statue outside of the Superdome. And the reason he's really well-known, yes, is a Saint for blocking that punt. Uh, he unfortunately was diagnosed with ALS after his career, but has turned that into being one of the biggest. I mean, he won the Congressional Gold Medal. He's raised and helped raise millions of dollars for ALS, not research, ALS care, seating, wow. mobility, uh, communication devices. So really, really putting putting funds and attention towards people living with ALS. So he signed it because I've worked with his organization and they're fantastic. Cool. That's incredible. And we can only hope that improvements continue with ALS because that is a, oh, that's a 
brutal thing to deal with. Uh, as far as a parting shot, I just say, uh, you know, thank you anyone who has already watched the special. If you're a PT, if you work in healthcare, or if you just like comedy, yeah, I, I think uh, I really think it's something special. I really think it's something different. You know, in my opinion, comedy specials uh, have kind of become a little bit mundane, and I just wanted to give everyone something different that would keep you invested for that hour, and also uh, something that had some heart. And I, I think uh, hopefully I accomplished that and yeah, all I that think, stuff. So. I think you did. Again, the, the best compliment I, I, I was going to give was a real one. I gave it a click. I was like, I'll be nice to Andrew, who sent me the DM about this guy, Johnny. Uh, I'll watch it for 60 to 90 seconds. And an hour later, I was like, oh, damn, I want to talk to that guy. That was a really good uh, special. Uh, find the link in the show notes to the special. Go watch it. Find the link in the uh, the comments for any of the platforms you're watching this on there. It's questospecial.com. Johnny, thanks so much for your time, man. Good on you. Uh, can't wait to see what you do next as well. Honored to be here, Jimmy. Thank you so much. And it's awesome making new friends. And obviously, we'll stay in contact. So thanks, everyone. Follow us online. Welcome to the internet, my friend. How can I help you? Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at PT Pinecast. All right, show today brought to you by the Brooks Institute of Higher Learning, an innovator in providing advanced post-professional education. Brooks IHL offering continuing education courses in numerous specialty areas, six PT residency programs, an OMPT fellowship, as well as challenging but rewarding internships. The IHL specializes in the translation of information from evidence to patient management. Learn what they can do for you to support your professional development at brooksihl.org. Our home on the internet. ptpinecast.com. Created by Build PT. Build PT provides marketing services specifically for private practice PTs. From website development and hosting. Providing content marketing solutions for PT clinics across the country. See what Build PT can do for you today at buildpt.com. The PT Pinecast is a product of PT Pinecast LLC. It is hosted and produced by PT Pinecast CEO Jim McKay and CBO Sky Donovan from Marymount University. We talk PT, drink beer, and record it. This has been another pour from the PT Pinecast. The PT Pinecast is intended for educational purposes only. No clinical decision-making should be based solely on one source. While care is taken to ensure accuracy, factual errors can be present. More on the show at ptpinecast.com.